Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch movie trilogies and series and decide which movie lets matches burn down to its fingertips just to feel something. I'm your host, Griner, and joining me... I'm Conan, and as the father of a daughter and the son of a mother, I can say these movies are cool. Alright, let's do this one last time. I'm Luke Morgan, and I need to review my personal biases. Of course, we are doing... We're jumping the gun and doing Spider-Verse. This is... We're reviewing Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Uh, and then I guess we'll cover Part 2 when it comes out in, in March. Not that far well, away. Well, it's not Part mm. 2. It's Beyond the Spider-Verse now. Oh, is it? I thought it yeah, was Part were. 2. Apologies. It, the it, was, it was originally, but yeah. Yep. There you go. Boys, I really love these movies, but when I first saw the first one, I came out of it and like, I want to recommend this to people but I'm recommending an animated Spider-Man film. Did you guys have any qualms about this being an animated Spider-Man film? Like, I, it may, it just felt weird to recommend that to people. Like, here's an animated superhero movie that's pretty good. But trust me, it's good. Like, it's funny. No, but it, it's good. It's not just an animated superhero. It's good. I don't know. I really... Yeah. I had trouble with that. I, I come from... I was kind of late to the Spider-Verse party, so... Like it came out like 2018, I think it was. Mm, yeah. um, and everyone was raving about it. Everybody was loving it. And I didn't I didn't watch it until probably two years after that. Uh, finally, where I was just like, oh, it's on Netflix. And I was like, it's time to watch that. And I think what had prevented me from watching it at that time was that it's an animated Spider-Man film. I was just like, as much as I'm a Spider-Man fan, and so is my son, <laughs> I just was like, no, I don't see how this could be that good or like, up my alley or anything like that. Mm. And boy, was I wrong because I remember watching this and being like, wow, I've been missing out. This film is awesome. It's funny. Um, it's the style is just so cool. Like I really, really enjoy the style. I got so into this film. So did my son. He, this, this basically grew my son's love of Spider-Man mm. way more than ever it was before. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I've haven't stopped recommending it to people since I've watched it, but yeah. Yeah, the animated part, it's like, it didn't deter me because I've, I've always been a, a defender of animation. You know, ever since the Mortal Kombat animated film, Scorpion's Revenge, came out, I was like, <laughs> animated films are the best way to do these because that, that was much better than the actual Mortal Kombat film we got around the same time. And so this was never an issue with me, but I, I, wasn't, I had, that, had that inkling in the back of my throat where I was like, people are going to laugh at me if I say an animated Spider-Man film's the second best Spider-Man film ever made. Mm. So that's just because people are ignorant, you know. People don't take animation don't take animation that isn't Pixar seriously, and that's a real shame. Um, but to that point, I remember seeing this at the cinema with a group of friends because this movie was really small; like it didn't make big waves. It wasn't, it wasn't. You know, people weren't anticipating it. It wasn't a big, excitable thing. Yeah. And I just remember, I just remember being like, "Oh, there's a new Spider-Man film. It's Metascore. It's crazy high." And all the reviews I was reading said it was amazing. So I asked some friends, "Like, should we see this?" And they're like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." And we came out of it and we're like, holy hell, that was the best thing we've seen in years. Like, You went to the cinema to watch it. I did. I went yes. to a lot, large dark room. Yeah. Just me and my boys just hitting the beers, harassing the elderly. <laughs> yeah, I remember Reddit had a, had a bit of an erection for this movie before it came out. So <laughs> I was aware of it and then I happened to be on holidays when it came out. So me and my wife were like killing some time one day and we went and saw it. Best decision ever though because yeah. holy hell, good movie. 
I still like, yeah, I recommended it to my brother-in-law who likes animation and likes superhero movies. And even he was like, really? Like an animated Spider-Man movie? Why is that? That's- I don't know. I think I just, people, I don't know. It's If you told me, oh, you should go see that animated Batman movie. It's really good. I'd be like, mm-hmm. So if I told sure. you to see Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge, would I'd you be say? like, mm-hmm, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll go so, check uh, that out. Part's the problem. I, I don't, here's the thing. Like, I remember there was a big buzz around it when the trailer first came out and people were showing it and it was like, oh, it's got this really unique art style and the way it moves and everything. And I remember seeing a bit of the trailer and being turned off by the art style from the trailer, from what I saw, and just being like, I don't like that style. I don't like the way the characters are moving and all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't until I watched the movie where I was like, oh, wow, this is like a really cool art style. And I'm like, I really yeah. like this. Um, but yeah. Let's circle back around to the art style. Uh, let's yep. let's start off with some stats, hey? Yes. Stats, 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 stats. Into the Spider-Verse had a budget of $90 million, made $384 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse, budget of $150 million. Animation is bloody expensive. Yeah. Has so far in one weekend made $208 million. The biggest opening right. weekend of the year of any movie, I think. Is what I read. Mm. Beat beat Guardians of the Galaxy on Remarking. the weekend. Yes. Beat Mario. Yes. It's Mario's, had a, Mario's had a long life. It didn't yes. have like, it didn't have that spike life. Yeah. Like what, I'm trying to find the amount of beat uh, Guardians. That's impressive, man. Well yeah. done, Spider. It had a really big opening weekend. Like our experiences speak to those numbers, right? The first movie did not do amazing business. It is not like you know it made it money, but. It, no, but it's not. It wasn't like wow, we need to franchise the crap out of this, and it wasn't like this phenomenon. But it had such a strong following, yeah. And to see this the opening weekend of this movie, which I think is definitely helped by them pushing it back. Like originally, it was slated for I think twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, but there was some sort of pandemic, I think, that stopped some stuff, and so it's ended up being pushed back. And I think that's helped. Like that's just given everyone blue balls. I know it's given those to me, and so now finally getting it, it's like. Everyone turned out as excited. But look yeah. at these numbers. There was over a th- the largest crew of any animated movie ever. So this is um across the Spider-Verse. Around a thousand people working on it. Like some absurd yeah. amount of animators. Like just to talk about across the Spider-Verse for a second, like we'll get into it, but just like I can't remember really a film where I've just been sitting there during and been like, this is impressive. Like mm. just visually and like this is so extra. Like there's so much stuff yes. going on and so many cool things where I'm like, this would be, I can't even fathom like what goes into making a film like this, but no. it's impressive and like mind blowing. But yeah. every one of those thousand animators was given one Spider-Man each to work on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, they all cared. They all cared and they I know. all did their best and it's amazing. There's some pretty good stories about these movies and like especially the first one. Anyway, we'll get into it. Uh, critical reception. I actually I went I went all out and I got Metacritic, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. into the into the Spider Verse, 87 on Metacritic, 8.4 on IMDb, and 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Across the Spider Verse, 87 on Metacritic, exact same score, 9.1 on IMDb, so significantly higher than Into the Spider Verse. Recency bias, but recency on. bias, you're right. And Rotten Tomatoes, 95%, so slightly, slightly lower than Into the so Spider Verse. 97 was the first one. Yeah. The two. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, mean, I'm really good scores. Good scores. Good scores. Yeah. Good. Like they're so. I don't know. I was trying to rate when I rated these on Letterbox. I was like. I give them both four and a half. I'm like, is one better than the worst? How do I even really define this? 
should one be a five-star film? I don't know. And I, I had a bit of an existential crisis. But How do you decide movies- what gets five out of five? Because I, I would... I would query like where where would you deduct marks, particularly look, in my opinion for the first movie. But I don't like this is a good question. This is something that keeps me up at night. I go back and forth. I I go either Robert e, the Roger Ebert playbook and just it's a feeling, you know. It's something that I can. It's a five star film where you can feel it in your in your bones. Someone says what's a five star, and you know what a five star movie is. Casino Royale. I was thinking about the other day as a five star movie, which has earned that place because I'm like that movie is just fantastic, you know, amazing. And in a good. Interstellar is maybe three. It's probably three. <laughs> and in time, these might be, especially once the third one comes out, I really would be curious to reevaluate it. Um, and let's see, like, I don't know. Rate, look, rating films is kind of arbitrary at the end of the day because it's really all just, it's, it's like, what do you base it on? Is it purely technical achievement? Is it purely how you felt? Is it purely mm. cultural significance? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, for some reason, I'm just like, into the spider verse. I don't. I've, I, for some reason, I wouldn't put it as a five-star movie. But like, there's nothing I could say that is like. There's nothing I could detract from it. So I mean, so, you know, I just something you spoke about earlier, and I'd come into this podcast wanting to ask this question. So I just feel like now is a good time. Is this? Are these the best Spider-Man movies? And Conan, you said this is the first one. Is maybe the second best uh, Spider-Man yeah, movie? I, I need to what? What what is a better Spider-Man movie than this? He's going to say Spider-Man 2. It's going to be Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Nostalgia bias. Ah, Spider-Man 2 is just the the shit. Yeah, it's good, but... There's a a 4.9 film. This would be... Let's say this is a 4... These are 4.7s and 8s. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. But every other movie in that trilogy is a 4.1 at best. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Spider-Man 3 is not even close, but anyway. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Would you guys rate these five star films? I'm just. Uh, I definitely would for Into the Spider Verse, hundred percent. Okay, I would for both of these films. Like, I think I need to I, sit on across the Spider Verse a little longer. I, that this, like, I wanted to go see it again. It's like I so haven't I. stopped thinking of Across the Spider Verse since I watched it. Um, mm. I've been listening to the score, been listening to the soundtrack, and I'm just like, I really want to go watch it again, and like just, you know, now that I've seen it, I know what's happening, and just like watch it again and appreciate it. Because uh, I've watched Into the Spider-Verse a bunch of times. So hmm. if you'd ask me now, I'd probably, you know, I like Into the Spider-Verse a lot. Like, it's really good. But these films, I think it just, I love these films. And I, I had this realization in the past week where I was like, I could possibly, like, I think the argument's there. that These are like my favorite animated films of all time. Like, I'm a big Pixar fan. I've always loved Pixar films, uh, you know, big proponent of them. But these films are just, I don't know. I, I love them. There's just so much to them and like the humor, everything just outside of animation, like the humor, the wit, the writing, the characters. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the thing. If you're trying to fault these movies, you pretty much can't. And mm. if that's what, if that's what takes a fault, like if that's how you define a perfect movie is like, Oh, there's nothing that you could say is, you know, could be better done than I then sure that's five stars. I just, I don't know. I don't think that's how I would assess it. But to your point, like, Artistically, yeah, these are probably the best animated films ever made. They're definitely pushing the envelope in every way. They are yeah. definitely the most like daring. The you know sounds really really stupid, but they're like the bravest animated films because they take <laughs> so many risks and they yeah. like like to your point, Grana. They know they sort of I think they know full well that people aren't that animation's in kind of a uh, a sort of an awkward spot in terms of it's reserved generally for kids and sometimes yeah. for teenagers. But even then, like CGI is for teenagers now. 
and grow, you know, for adults, it's not it's not a thing. And these movies know that they're going to alienate people, but they don't they don't look at any of the easy ways out. They don't look at any way to sort of they don't compromise. They don't sacrifice anything. They like, well, let's just let's just lean into the markets we have. They go, no, no, we we can tell the best Spider Man stories with animation, so we're going to do yeah. it. And they yeah they 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 do things that I've never seen in other animated films and. Like again, in in that sense, these are the best animated films. Does that mean they're the best animated films? I don't know, but I and I feel like at the moment we're seeing a lull in Pixar. Like oh, I feel like sure. Pixar's yeah. not smacking out like a big hit every year like they were. Um, and the last few have been have come and gone, and I don't even know what they're called. You know, where before I used I used to be really excited about Pixar releases. And you stuff, didn't you didn't you didn't get out there and watch Turning Red on on the opening night. That was well, to be Tony Red's a great film. Tony Red, I think you would say I think film. you would say that about just about any Pixar movie if you went and watched yeah. this. Like, oh, that's actually uh, not, a pretty good film. Not the Good Dinosaur. No, I'm not good dinosaur. you know, I knew you were going to say or good Buzz Lightyear, but yeah, well, oh, that's what they did. Oh, Lightyear. Lightyear. What a awesome. Yeah. Disney animation is in a weird spot because since you know all those buyouts, like because they're still Disney owns Pixar and their animation, and their yeah. animation studio is just doing Pixar stuff. They're not yep. doing animated anymore. Yeah. So they have like two studios that are basically the same, but they're technically different. It's all it's all weird. They compete in a weird way. Yeah. I think and I think the problem with Disney at the moment is they've just really saturated the market on all their brands. Marvel, Star Wars, like you name yeah. it. Like even live action remakes of their cartoons. Everybody is pretty over it. Yeah. And yeah. I, they're afraid to innovate. I don't know. It's they're in a bit of a, a weird spot. They're, yeah, and like with all this with all the streaming stuff going on, they are in yeah, everything's just in a weird lull, and and I mean that's the thing. This is yeah. Sony, like in collaboration with Marvel, obviously, and like, but it's yeah. the Sony property making these films. It's not Disney. And that's, and it's, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of. I think that that adds to why these films are so almost profound, right? That it's just it's almost pure risk. Every choice, then, even though Spider Man is the safest superhero you can bet on, so I don't want to be like, you know, they didn't pick. They Can't believe they made a thing. Spider-Man movie. I know, like, I, you know, I don't want to say it's a, it's a risk in that. That's, but it's risky in that it is doing stuff with Spider-Man we've never seen before. It is not CG. It's not leaning to CGI. It is not leaning into the MCU formula. It's kind of going against the grain in every way with what they know. Whereas all other animation and all other, it's really like media companies aren't doing that. And this has mm-hmm. been the this has been the case for twenty years. No one wants to take risks, but more so now, I think, especially since the streaming wars are kind of reaching critical mass. And then you get this movie come out, and it's like, holy crap! These are the risks that everyone's been crying out for, and look how they're paying off. Like this is, you know, maybe cinema's not dead. Maybe it's just animated. What a claim by by Sony. All right, let's get into the first film. Teen Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of his universe and must join with five spider-powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. What a film. Yeah. <laughs> like, to your point, Conan, you talk about, you know, you can't fault this film, but it's about the feeling. For me, the reason this is a five-star movie is because I spend, I did not want to look at my phone at all during this movie, which is very, very rare these days. And I was just grinning like an idiot the whole time. Like just had this stupid smile on my face, just drinking in this animation, enjoying the banter between these characters. Um, I don't know. 
kingpin every time he's on the screen i'm just like that dude is an absolute unit like yeah. it's just a head in a square of black it's just so many good characters so many good moments Wait, can we come back to the physics of how he has a child <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's a rich man maybe there's some medical science helping him out there i don't know you put a square peg into <laughs> Yeah, look, no, you're, you're right. Again, I I really don't even know if my assessment is fair and I'm sure it will change in time. So I was going to re-rate it to five, but there's just something there. Hmm. I don't know, this, this movie has become more of a background film to me in terms of the banter is kind of the most standout part in a lot of ways. And I feel silly being like I put on this animated film that is I enjoy almost more for just like having it on in the background and looking bits and pieces and go, oh, this is a cool scene. This is a great part. Um, yeah. But to your point, yeah, like when I do watch it, I, I think I've seen it f- like four times now and the three rewatches have all sort of been, I've been doing other things. But that's not because I'm bored of the film. That's because I, it's, like, it's such a nice, comforting film that I can do that. But I remember when, yeah, when I saw it in the movies, I was like, it's, it's two hours and 15, 20? No, it's it's yeah. two hours. Hmm. But it's just like it flew by. and it's, Flies by. Yep. Like the the pacing and just the the um, the energy, like these movies are kinetic, and yes. I just remember being like, I am just like I am I'm I'm pumped up. I want to get out here and jump off a building and like just yeah. kick kick some shit. Yeah, like they're so energized, and it's 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 astounding how they do it. Like they just put so much life into every single frame. Um, yeah, like these films just have style all over them just like there's so much stuff that you just appreciate visually but just like i don't know the music i feel like especially the first one like the music's like it's got, it's got a banging soundtrack um yep. and the emotional stuff that it hits like i love the what's up danger scene and even now like on the most recent rewatch as soon as it starts up and like miles is like going back and he's getting that confidence and it's just like i get goosebumps i'm like this is so yeah. cool that he's like he's got the hoodie over the suit it's just like it's such a cool style. I just, I, uh, I love everything about the first film. That view of like the city upside down and him yeah. throw away up, like everything, yeah. that, everything that makes shot, sense now in his world. That shot is is amazing. The leap of faith scene is like, yeah. like an all time. It's like it's like an all timer. Like that'll yeah, go yeah. up there with you know the ending of Gone with the Wind. And, and I was I was reading like, that that was like in the first draft of the script, like as a sta- as a direction. It's like mm-hmm. it's been there since the start. They always wanted to do it. I, I don't know. I feel like the people who made this movie really knew what they wanted to do. And they, they got the team behind them to do it. And it, it feels like everybody's having fun. Like, apparently, if you pause any of the scenes with a train, Stan Lee's in every window because <laughs> the animators cool. just wanted to draw Stan Lee for some reason. Like, there's just stupid little things like that. And I feel like everybody's having a good time. Everybody's putting putting the heart and soul into this movie because it, it just oozes it. They yeah. care about this and they had a vision from the start. And, like, touching on that, um, there's been this recent thread, and I'm not sure if uh, you guys might not have seen it, but like people going back and watching the first one after watching the second one, the amount of stuff they've picked up where it's like, okay, they obviously had this in mind throughout. Like they had this trilogy planned or they had this whole story planned out, seeing the signs in there. So just a couple of things that people pointed out, like when Peter and Miles first interact, like Peter B. Parker, um, Miles ties him to the boxing bag, which is obviously Mm, what Miles does in the other universe. Um, when Miles and the first Peter Parker like spider sense each other, Miles' colors are purple and green, and then they change to blue and red, uh, like because he's changing from the the prowler sort of thing to Spider-Man colors after interacting with 
Peter and changing basically the fate of that world. Mm. Um, and when he first falls off a building, he knocks a couple of numbers off, which are 42, and that's the universe the spider's from. But, yeah, so 42 is in the opening credits of the first one as well, the opening yeah. animation splash. Is, I thought that was a reference to um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where it's like the meaning of all life is 42. Yep. Probably so. So, that's, so my thing so I, I, I wonder if they did because I've heard this as well, like that every, you know, and the whole the spider coming from the other universe, people being like, oh, they glitching planned. out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they did. I'm skeptical that they really had all that plan. Really? And I think it's like, it's an easy way to lean into it. Though. You just, you have a spider, it's like, it's glitchy. And they know, like, they know this movie's in multiverses. Yeah. It's just it's a multi-dimensional. I don't think that that doesn't ne- necessarily mean they plan to have an alternate dimension that's going to involve old Nega Miles go turn into the Prowler. It just means they were like, you know, like it's good writing. They leave themselves windows to go through. Yeah, even like the you know spot being the guy who gets hit by a bagel in the first movie. Yeah, Everybody like, remembers the bagel guy because it says bagel on the screen. Like it's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't think they were like. Let's just make that come, guy the villain. Like he's we don't know he's, exactly. Which I shit you not, and I wish there was a way to do this. As I was sitting in the cinema watching Across the Spider Verse, as soon as that the spot guy said he worked at that company, I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, oh man, it'd be so funny if it was the bagel guy who got hit. And then when they got revealed, I was like, oh my god, I wish I said that to somebody. I was like, I can't believe it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like yeah, it, whether they did it or not, like yeah, this these movies feel so intentional. I'm like, hmm. that almost feels like a trite concept now as well. But we think about like all the MCU, all the superhero stuff we've had for the past 20 years, mm-hmm. where with the exception of a small handful, none of it's intentional. It has all been like, a, sorry, it's intentional as a business decision. It has very quickly become the product that gets churned out because it makes money. It sells people on the idea of connectivity. And, you know, these are the heroes that you love and spend time with. So let's have references here or there. Whereas these movies feel like there is no motive. There is no financial goal. This is just like Phil Miller and Lord, some of the best creators in the, in the oh, business good. are just really funny people and are clearly huge nerds because they love they love shit like Lego. They love 21 yeah. Jump Street. They yeah. like Clone High, which is one of the greatest animated shows ever written. Like they're just very funny, very clever people. And they're clearly just huge comic book nerds and everybody connected in this would have come into this movie and been like, we just love comics and we want to translate it. And they, I think there is an, there's only so much you can translate from comics to live action and that's kind of the constant problem with these, with a lot of superhero films. It's like, how do you really get the, the colors, the liveliness, the, you know, like the whole CG, you need CG to make all the fancy stuff. You don't need that animation. You can just animate stuff and it can make it stylish and unique and engaging and authentic. And like everyone here is doing that for this reason. No one's in this movie being like, this is going to be my next big career move. They're like, no, we just love Spider-Man. And that's, that's so nice to have because the people who are watching this movie are like, that's what we want. We just want nice Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, the thing that struck me watching this again is how much they they know the audience knows who Spider-Man is. Like, you know, if this was going to be a big franchise, we'd have, I don't know, is it Peter A. Parker? I don't know who Peter Parker, Peter Parker is in that universe, but let's have a movie about him. So it really hits when he dies in the second movie or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. there's so many other ways this could have gone that is so much dirtier and gross. I love how we get Scorpion in this movie for like mm. 10 minutes if that, and he, you know, he dies off screen basically or whatever happens to him. Like they, they just throw us very big Spider-Man villains. Green Goblin. Just, yeah, Green Goblin. They just use them for a few minutes for a scene or whatever. And then they move on. Like there's no like, oh no, we can't show Greg Goblin yet because he's going to be the 
the villain in the fourth movie. Yeah, we'll franchise that, yeah. And franchise it out. Like, there's, it feels like they're just like, this is a good spot to have a team of villains. Who can we put in here? Let's go for yeah. it. It's just, it's a breath of fresh air, I feel like, because even though this is an origin story, it doesn't feel like the dirty origin story we're so used to with Spider-Man. Like, it just... At the whole, and they they get the memes too. Like you know, we get the we get we get Spider Man dancing from Spider Man Three. At the oh, start how of, good! And he's <laughs> like, that wasn't my best moment, or something like that. Like it's really funny. Everybody watching it knows what's going on. Um, yeah. They're just happy to play with this property, and it's it's really good. It's yeah. great. It just it. I feel like they trust me as someone watching this to understand what's going on. They're not spoon feeding me. They're not. They're not worried about the ramifications for the fourth movie or the fifth movie down the line. Because it's like, yeah, it's a Spider-Man film for Spider-Man fans. It's not like Spider-Man for everybody to try to make sure everyone can see. It's like enough people know, like I say, enough people know who he is, enough people are fans now. But like here is is your synthesized Spider-Man injection straight to your veins. And it's just like, it's it's like liquid crack. It's great. And that's the thing, like, I don't know, like I feel like even though... Like they kill Spider-Man in the first ten minutes, like of this film, mm. we have Spider-Man killed by getting punched by Kingpin, like just Kingpin slamming his fist down and killing Spider-Man, and it feels, I don't know, it feels big. It feels like, oh shit, like he's dead, dead. Like Peter Parker's dead in this world, like, and Kingpin just just killed him, and it feels brutal, even though it's only ten minutes in. It has like a a sadness to it and a like a weight to it. I feel like it's just. <laughs> Because they know we know who Peter Parker is. We're not stupid. We've seen Spider-Man before. We know he's like, yeah, they don't need to give us a whole movie about him for us to care about him. Exactly. It's like to that point, they, they use this, the, the, uh, the, like the multiverse stuff so well, like that's become a real kind of hacky part of the MCU. Now every, the multiverse is, is their sort of their silver bullet out of this. And if they're kind of like, ace up the sleeve where they can just go, well, we can introduce characters and then kill them off if we need to, depending on what fan reception is. And you can tell they like they could have done that in this. They could have just been like, that was a Peter, no one cares about, here's a real story. But they actually, they let someone die, but they don't, then they introduce new ones, but they're like, they don't just replace him. But at the same yeah. time, they also don't just let the whole thing be, there's no Spider-Man. It's a really good way to like utilize the multiverse and still feel that absence. Like you feel like... And it, there actually is a stake and an impact here, hmm. but we don't have to all deal with there's no Spider-Man. It's like, no, we still have Spider-Man. It's cool. It's just this one's, this one's a bit of a bum. And this, yeah. Yeah, and like, that's really this good. Okay. Divorced from Mary Jane. Yeah, like. <laughs> like, that's cool. Okay. Like, that's, that's a good way to use it rather than just, we need to get Spider-Man back, which would be, you know, the plot of any other version of this movie. Yeah. And like, that's, that's, that's good. It's using, it's using all the different, like the infinite dimensions cleverly rather than yeah. just going okay well how do we do the same story that every other multiverse film has done which is we need to go to another dimension save the person who dies it's nice to just not have it be that like and on our way there we're going to go through the dimension where we're made of paint and the one where we're made of shapes and the one where like they don't do any of those cliches <laughs> yeah. i love yeah, it nothing done yeah it's good it's really good um just the animation like i suppose you need to talk about just the mechanics and the animation. like so what you mentioned before, Luke, I've never seen anything like that, like this. No. Like, it, feels, it feels like you could honestly pause this movie at any point and that's, and a, a, that's a frame from a comic book. Like, put that on your wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And like they use that to make every everyone has a style in it. Everyone sort of is animated differently. 
every setting and scene feels more unique. Like it, it really helps to sort of build character, right? When everyone's artistically done differently. Obviously, you've yeah. got to like. It's pretty obvious when you see Noir; he's he's completely black and white. So okay, this he stands out. It's it's meant to. But then that really, I don't know. Something about that just works. Like not only is it super unique to look at, just seeing these like people that these animations that shouldn't fit on the the standard comic book background of morality <laughs> universe but then it, it it expands on that character and that's sort of always having that awareness of seeing this person or seeing this spider-man look differently seeing penny parker like in anime in manga style mm-hmm. that, okay i this brings something to her character that we then don't have to we don't have to see we don't have to listen to we don't have to have long dialogue to explain stuff so like, no we know stuff about them because we know what noir is, so we can read. We we bring our we bring our prior knowledge to that. We know what manga is, so we can bring stuff to that. Like you know, what Looney Tunes cr- is. Yeah, like Peter Pork is. Like, yeah, we know <laughs> what an <laughs> anvil coming out of nowhere is because we've seen. We watched yeah, the Simpsons movie. He's like, no, who Spider Pig is, and like <clears throat> that makes such a difference that I don't think. Like I don't know if you, you realize as you're watching it, but it enhances the experience because yeah, you know it all. You. That brings connotations, which enhances it. How you're watching it. it um, I, I, I was thinking about it. Imagine if this was all done in one animation style, and how much flat, how much flatter that would be. Like, imagine if Noir came over and he was like, he took on the animation style of Miles's universe, mm. and so they're all kind of the same looking characters, but a bit different. I'm like, it would just be really kind of bland, and the cat they would feel samey, and it would. I think it would be a really less um, impactful way of doing it. Yeah, but they to their point, they spend more money, they hire more animators, and they're like, well, it's going to be hard to do. It's going to be really hard to animate fifteen different styles in one frame and have that going for a huge fight scene. But they're like, that's what we're going to do. Yep. It's like kudos. They the, every every facet of this movie is thought about like that too. I feel like like even the the frame rate, like Miles is mm. animated at a different frame rate to everything yeah. else for half the movie. Like yep. they just think about every little thing. I was reading the soundtrack was created and then they got a DJ to come in, like the best DJ in some who won some competition to come in and scratch it in. So it yep. feels really kinetic and fits in with all the action scenes and stuff. Like it's just every yep. little facet of this movie feels like it's been thought about and handcrafted in a lot of ways. And it just, it shows with the end product, man. It's so yep. good. And, and that helps with the pacing too. Like that's the way it just, it just flows. Like, like kinetic, Conan said earlier, yeah. it just, you just watch it and you just you're on that ride now and it just has its like flows and everything and it's just it's constant. It's, yeah. yeah. Even like even when it slows down, it's like it doesn't feel like boring slow. It feels really natural. And that's that's done partially like, like the music slows so you know to slow. The animation sort of settles down so you know. And it feels like a good feels like a rewarding break when you're like, I've just gone through this crazy kinetic fight scene. Now I can With have some prowler in the subway where it's just like yeah Rawr! yeah exactly it's like it's in your face and like it's it's in yeah. your blood almost it's so intense yeah and then you can you can breathe and just enjoy it and enjoy the scenery and it's like that's it it's so nice it works like at the start comically too like there's this this kind of kinetic scene of him trying to get to school and then his dad picks him up and it's really quiet and awkward mm. and then he's like say you love me back like it's like <laughs> yeah. oh like I can feel this where's the energy it's been sucked out of this scene but on purpose like it works really really yeah. well yeah. yeah and then again the writing here of like Miller and Ward is so is so great in those scenes because if they had anything less if the jokes didn't land in this movie if the jokes were flat or bland or trying to be really like safe and sort of you know like accessible for everybody. They, if they fell flat, it would just be such a different movie again. Yeah. Like, because those scenes would feel really boring, I think. 
But whenever it does slow down, it's like the jokes are the jokes are rapid fire, and so the banter, like they all, every character banters pretty well. Yeah, and like it's just yeah, and not like in the MCU way, not in the MCU not, way. No, in in, in a in a good way. Everyone's got a sarcastic quip, like it's no. just good. Like banter. this is how this, this is how real people do it, right? Actually, yeah, yeah. They and even if they make jokes that aren't that funny, there's something funny about their delivery, or there's something funny about just their confidence to it. Yeah, it's yeah, is um. It all just works so well. Even just visually, Miles getting the powers for the first time and just dealing with what that's like for your fingers to start sticking to stuff. It's just like, that's funny. Then, and that's the best Spider-Man getting powers yet. Like him just flying out the window. Spider-Man 1's a pretty good moment. Oh, yeah, it's oh, like fighting so flashes. <laughs> pretty good moment. Catching, catching that that food platter. In, yeah. yeah. Hey, he did that in real. He did that for real. I know. Let me tell you. I think of the eyes... The, all the eyes in this movie, it's, again, like a real strength they do. Because everyone's wearing a mask. Everyone's eyes, like, are, are ultra-expressive. Mm. So there's so many scenes where you'll see, like, someone gets surprised and their eyes just go huge. And it's really, it's, like, it's really funny. And his eyes but are it, already huge, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, so, like, and you get, like, a little, like, a little sweat drop comes off. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, I can, I know exactly what's happening. I can read you. And it's, it's how you tell emotion without a, without the face visible, right? Because yeah. when you, because that's, that's a big, that's a problem with all superhero films where most of the heroes now don't wear helmets or masks because they need to show their actors' faces, both to sell it but also to have emotion. Like, there's no coincidence that, you know, all, this, all the crying scenes in the Spider-Man films have Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland or Tobey Maguire not wearing their masks. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like, no, no, we can do things here. We can have really thin eyes when it's, and so they're, you know, they're, they're thinking and it's funny. We can go really wide. We can just kind of go confused. And we're not yeah. bound by... Um, by limitate, we're not bound by the, by reality. We yeah. can just animate the crap out of this. Not bound by anatomy, yeah. And the scenes are so like, there's so many scenes that I just giggle at when it's like, you see one Spider Man's eyes do something different to another. And I just, it really tickles me for some reason. Yeah. All right, should we move on? I guess. I feel like I could talk about this film. Yeah. So do, yeah. do we? Yeah. As, I mean. At- I'll just say, as someone who's a Nicolas Cage hater, I quite like him as Spider <laughs> Spider Man Noir. When, when are we doing the Nicolas Cage trilogy? Yeah, we need to find one. <laughs> we need to find one. He needs oh, to make that, no. nas- that National Treasure yeah. Three. Is <laughs> Treasure Three. He's good. Actually, He's how good can you this. how can you hate Nicolas Cage? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. But yeah, Spider Man Spider Man Noir is is profound. Yeah. Holy crap! He's good. Hardcore origin story. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find quotes, trying to find quotes for this movie was weird because so many of them are about the, the delivery. Like it's not just yeah. clever writing; it's that they're just delivered so well. And like Spider Man Noirs were, of course, they yeah, contributed yeah, yeah. to that. But yeah, yeah, you're at the, the Rubik's cube. I was, like, I keep thinking of that, and I'm like, you can't quote that because he's just like, what am I looking at? Yeah, but it's hilarious just having him there. The visual gags and just Nick Cage's delivery, just dry, and it's so and good. Even just like when he gets first introduced, and Peter B. Buck is just like. Why is where's the wind coming from? We're, we're in the basement. It's like, the wind follows me wherever I go. <laughs> All right, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse, where he encounters encounters a team of Spider People charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Did you guys go into this movie knowing that it was? A part one of a two-part movie, I guess, is, is so, the way I'm going to put it. This is the thing. Oh. I'd obviously forgotten that there was 
it was going to be a second part when I suggested that we do this. Um, and then you reminded me before I went into the movie, I was like, oh, okay. Like there was the, the day I was going into the movie. I was like, oh, that's right. There's another one coming after this. And then when this finished, I was like, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> it's a part two. And I was like, I'd forgotten by the end of the movie. And I was like, oh man, no, I've got to wait. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten. And yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah. This this has a chance to be like a all time trilogy. I feel like like if they nail the third one, then this is a damn good quality trilogy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I I double remembered. I remembered it midway through. I was like, oh wait, this isn't the this isn't going to conclude because I was like, they're taking a long time to do things. Yes, yep. and then it hit me, yep. and then at the end again is coming up to it. So during the the climactic moment, I was like, "Oh, we've got a third battle. We got a final battle." I was like, "No, wait, we don't. This is it yeah. again." So I like it. I remembered, and then I'd forgotten because I was so yeah. into it, and then I remember so entertained. So, so they they got me twice, the bastards. So I didn't even yeah. I didn't know. Like I saw this before we mentioned it in the chat. Oh. I I knew they had they had been greenlit for more movies, but I didn't realize it was like a one two. These movies mm. are very related, and so yeah, right. I don't know. I that changed my my feelings on the ending of this movie a little bit. It I hit think. you a bit, didn't it hurt you? Yeah. Like, ah. Uh... Yeah. This, mo- this movie does slightly suffer from the whole, like, the two tower syndrome. I agree, like, yes. It's a, it's a middle film. <laughs> and yeah. as much as, like, having a cliffhanger ending is kind of cool because we haven't seen that in a long time, like a true cliffhanger, it's also like cliffhangers are also not done much because they're, they're inherently bad. <laughs> they're inherently frustrating. Yes. And, yeah, I, I don't know, I... Like, what were your guys' cinema's experiences like with it? Because you know, there was there was an audible, an audible groan when this happened in mine. A lot of people were just like, "Oh," and you know, it wasn't like we're never coming back, but it was like, "God, we don't want to wait. We want this now," which is exactly the reaction you want, but it's still like, mm. yeah, yeah, we're all going to be there day one for number three. But that thing, <laughs> it it definitely does. It, no matter what, it's going to have that a bit of like a uh, like a release of the the accelerator like mm. as it pops up to be continued and you realize you're not going to get the big conclusion or if you know satisfying climax or anything like that yeah. in my cinema it was very much like people were like oh and we ha- I had a bunch of teenagers and stuff who just wanted to shout out stuff throughout the movie but like literally as it popped up it was like what the f you're kidding me like really loud and everyone was just like giggling and so like, they're like oh this is and people were just complaining outside the cinema they're like what the hell and i felt like being like actually it was announced as part one <laughs> and part two like two years ago so get yourself in check please but yeah it's still yeah. sucks like at least they at least they have the attention span to get through a two-hour 20 minute film like yeah you know, no offense to the tiktok generation but Kids, and yeah. kids' attention spans these days. Kids these is, days is, yeah. is ruined. Yeah, back in it my is. day. Yeah, we um, never had a, we never had any attention span problems in our day, did we? No, no. I'm, per- I'm perfect. Um, I want to talk about the characters before I forget, because these movies are actually because we didn't talk about it much in the first one, but the characterization of like the family as well of Miles' mum and dad. In the first one, there's not a heap there. But there's obviously a pretty strong father son story. Yeah. But like a lot of this, a lot of the cross is spent with just his family, and it's really good. Like it's it really nails all these sort of emotional parts. It, it also does a really good job. Like I mean, you know, as a white person, I can't really speak towards the experience of a 
of a, of a Latino slash African American family, but yeah, you, just, you kind of feel like the you feel like the dynamics there. You feel still like those those universal themes of identity crisis and not alienation, but sort of being torn between these worlds. You know, they're very like New York is our home because we sort of we've made it here. But they're they're just really good characters. They're really compelling. You feel all of Miles' stuff with them, but they also it's they they don't spare anything here. I guess is my point. They don't just focus on the animation, which you could easily do. They don't like just no, focus but, on the multiverse of Spider Man. It's like yeah, still has a really great family down to earth yeah. story in there, and that's that's still the core of it. Like the core of the movie is that family story, and I think that's why these movies are so good because like there's that emotional connection, and it's so. It's so hard to not be connected with Miles and everything and all the, the characters, the internal, like the immediate characters. So outside of all the flashy Spider-Man stuff, there's just this really, really beautiful family story there. And like, you know, just as a first time father, and you know, we're all, we're all relatively young fathers, like having that up, just, just having that, like both having Peter's, you know, Peter B. Parker's got a little mayday. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. God, this speaks to me. It's just just yeah. this movie's made for me. But then also... Just having Jeff go through the whole like, my son's growing up, and I'm gonna like you know we're gonna have to let him go, and what does that look like? It's like yeah, that's gee, that's a thing, right? Yeah, it's really poignant. I feel like like almost all Spider-Man movies have kind of touched on this in a lot of ways. Like there's always that family drama of like, oh, I don't even know who you are anymore. Is the you know that's yeah. the Spider-Man <laughs> three one, but this yeah this movie had that moment where he's talking with his mum and she's like you're going to go out in the world and I just want, I want someone to look after my little boy. Oh man. That's Promise strange. me you will look after my little boy. And I'm like nearly in tears. I'm like, Oh man, my <laughs> kids are only like two and zero, but one day they're going to leave the nest and I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Yeah. That, that speech just had me, man. And it felt like such a, I don't know. It felt like a really good family moment. That yeah. I feel like that's not a direction they've gone they on before. And they do hate him. And it's the exact situation. She's talking <laughs> oh about the exact situation. Oh my God. And then you was like, man yeah. hates him. What the heck, man? And you're, you're like, that's right. Kids should never leave home. My kids Fuck, will like, never go out. That's right. This film gets yeah. dark with like the Miles stuff, like with Miguel and everything like that. In the mm. like, him just being like, you are a mistake. Like you're yeah. not supposed. You're not one of us. You're not supposed to be Spider Man. You took yeah, it away from this world. Like you're an yeah. anomaly. Like oh, it's you, you brutal, don't that. man. It's brutal and like. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, especially after that speech from like uh, Miles's mum earlier, it's just, I don't know, it's just such a, a poignant story that this tells of Miles and, Miles and him being like, I don't know, no, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. And him just like having mm. that, that confidence and being like, you know what? No, like I'm going to, I'm going to change. Like you guys, are, you're meant to be the good guys and you're doing this. It's, mm. yeah. yeah, it's such a good story. It's like, it's familiar ground that whole, um, you know, like, I was thinking, like, you have it about the Batman v Superman stories, like the, the grizzled hero that has given up on their moral code. Like, yep. that is, that's a, that in itself is a trope. Yeah. But again, it kind of feels not, not like they're reinventing the wheel, but it feels fresher here because Miguel is kind of like the same thing. He's still being a hero. He's like, he's, he's going around stopping anomalies and saving universes. He's objectively a hero, but he's like, this kid is like, but you're not that. And it's, it's, you know, it's because he, and there is like, like any good villain. His motive is true. Is like you save your uncle, or you say sorry, you save your dad, or you save the entire world. Yeah, and he, you know, he's talking all these things like that's how this works, that's how these rules and the canon works. It's like yeah, that's totally valid. But yeah. then there is that that classic thing of well, 
you know, maybe you can, nothing's decided, blah, blah, blah. It just feels like a, it's, it feels genuine enough to be, to not feel trite or contrived. Yeah. There's a, I love that there's like a layer of meta awareness there too. Like I love that it's called a canon moment and <laughs> like when, this is your law, look out, like it has yeah. to go the way it goes. And then I love yeah. that the bad guy is like literally a plot hole. Like it all, it's all, it's all very meta. It's very, it just, it's so well thought out. Like all these movies. Can we talk about Gwen and her world and just how, like that start and how beautiful and, and like watercolor and painterly the whole world is. And colors changing based off emotions and everything. Like it's, that's like, honestly, possibly my favorite art style thing in this whole film. Like Mm. her world and her universe and everything with her dad just really stood out with everything else and just the way they did colours, like, that's the scene. Like, I keep thinking about those scenes with Gwen and her dad and everything like yeah. that where I'm just like, oh, yeah. wow, like, I really like that story and I really like that character. Um, and, Grana, you you sort of gave a hint at the start, like, oh, well, your daughter will like this movie. And it's it's very much almost a Gwen Stacy movie as well. Like, it's... Yeah, there's... It's, it's a really smart way to frame it because that that gives us that emotional arc that has a beginning and an end for this movie because we don't really yeah. get that with with miles right no but exactly. as gwen's story we we kind of get a, a some closure on what's going to happen with her father and yeah how her story is going to go um so mm. it's it's a smart way to frame it i don't know if it totally makes up for this movie really feeling like the middle child but <laughs> um it's 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 a good idea and I love I love the vulture at the start, like this Renaissance style vulture. So freaking good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is like all of it's kind of jaw dropping, but I remember watching yeah, watching the Gwen, all the Gwen stuff, and my my jaw was just on the floor. I was like, holy crap! As well as these, you're like, I forget they can you, you forget they can do stuff. You can forget they can do that in movies, mm. and yeah. it's not subtle either. Like there are scenes where he literally like you know Captain Stacy's face will turn from one thing to like blue and green, and then it'll be red and yellow in the next scene. Yeah. So it's not like trying to act like it's unseen. It is. It's very like this is it, but it's just it works so well. And it's she hugs all her dad and like goes from blue to like warm yeah. colors, and it's like and exactly yeah. and it all changes. And it's like I, you literally feel the emotion in the scene. It just and it works. All, yeah, it, it, yeah, it works. Well. I was like, holy crap! Like, yeah, it's just amazing what they achieved with this. Like, thinking outside the box. But then all of the styles like that, like Spider Punk, and he's just like he's so good too. There's kinetic like lines everywhere, and you can almost there's some parts you can barely tell what it is because he's such a punk. He doesn't even. <laughs> he doesn't even fit into the conventions of animation. Yeah. Like, brilliant. Because, like, he's constantly changing a bit, like, all the different the styles and stuff like that as well. Mm. And someone said um, online, I saw on a tweet earlier that was just like, oh, I get it now. It's because he doesn't believe in consistency. So he's like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. always got he's an anarchist, thing yeah. just slightly changing. Like, it's How great, good like, was yeah. – what, what do they call him? Is it Kobe or Moby or – Kobe. Daniel Daniel Kalua. Yeah. Such a good performance. Yeah. Do you guys have have any audio issues with this? Either either understanding him or hearing parts in this movie? And Gwen at the start as well. The music was too too loud. And I've seen a lot of criticism of this online. Yeah. People have been calling it out. And yeah, yeah, Phil Lord's been talking about it on Twitter with sound adjustments and stuff like that. And what, what has he said? Because I saw an article about this and it was one of those things that I was like, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if it was just me or not. He but was it saying definitely... that it's like a specific sound thing that cinemas are supposed to have it set. And he was saying to print out these things that it's meant to be set to seven or something like that. I saw but that, yeah. I don't know. I didn't have too much 
problem with that. So I'm surprised to hear Griner say that he had it. Like I didn't have too much of an issue when I went. It was only Spider Punk, and there was one moment with Gwen at the start, and I'm like, oh, shit, is this whole movie going to be this hard to understand? Did, was, yeah, was Christopher actually. Nolan involved in this somewhere? Somebody's got to tell me. You can't you can't sneak that up on me. He runs a sound editing business now. I'm just yeah. ruining films. Yeah, Spider Punk is a big one. Like part of it, I think, is meant to be, you know, Kaluuya talks in intentionally like 70s Cockney yeah. sort of style. But there were parts where he'd say a whole like, two or three sentences, like, I have no idea what he said, both because it's kind of quiet and he's really, like, he's just muffling. Yeah. And so, like, I think part of it's intentional, but part of it can't be yeah. because it's, like, there are whole things you just miss. And yeah. it's, like, you know, at the end, it's not a huge deal because, like, you always kind of hear the first word and the last word, so you know that he's, like, okay, he's saying no to this or he's saying stop. But it was a little bit, um, yeah, there was these moments I was like, that is that meant to be that way? Yeah. But then also I should mention, like, Miguel, he's kind of got that, like, some of his lines, he almost looks like a Borderlands character. I don't know what that animation is called, but, like, he's got these clearly defined lines. Like almost cel-shaded. Yeah, sort of. that's a, yeah. yeah I, think, I think that might be cel-shaded, but, like, he's got that thing. Spider-Man's India. Another great really cool, performance. Like, Oscar Isaac is really good as Miguel. Yeah, he's, like, so, yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. And that's another thing. All the big actors they've got in, right? what a cast what a cast and none of them are bad like you can have that danger with hiring famous people to do voices they don't know how what to do brad pitt specifically is really bad at voice work but all these people are amazing every performer they got is just like no one gives a bad performance and it speaks to that point like i think everyone cared about this movie no one's just like yes sweet a payday for this they're like nuts we they probably all have connection they all really care but yeah the cast of this movie is enormous I mean, we, we got J.K. Simmons back again. How good is that? I mean, they even they even reused like the 2002 Spider-Man audio. He's like, I need those pictures of Spider-Man by the morning That's right, in, in, in the, the Lego, Lego world. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, I I had kind of avoided all trailers about this movie, so I actually hadn't seen anything other than you know briefly seen like something before a YouTube video or something, an ad would pop up and I'd try and not watch it. But I didn't really know anything about this movie coming into it. Um, mm. So when Spot comes up at the start, I had no idea he was going to be the villain of the movie. I was like, okay, this is some obscure Spider-Man character I've never heard of, never heard of Spot before. And he's going to be, it's going to be like the the villain of the week. Like Miles yeah, is going to beat him. As you do always, all Spider-Man movies have like him beating some villain at the start, like Rhino yeah. and all something, you know, it's just like, okay, it'll be done. Spot ends up being a friggin' awesome character. And now I'm like obsessed with this idea of Spot as a character. And just the moment when he like touches that thing and goes from white to black with like the white swirls and his mm. theme kicks in, it felt really ominous. It felt like, oh shit, like this yeah. is, this he's, is he's upgraded. He's gonna... not just the villain of the week anymore. He's yeah, yeah. like he's actually, <laughs> yeah. but his performance as well, like he was genuinely Jason funny. Sh- yeah. Jason, Jason Schwartz was so good. He is yeah, really he's, good. He's the perfect casting for him. Yeah. Um, yes, but like he was a great choice as well, like not having a, like having Vulture in the beginning just getting rid of him, being like, yeah, that's done. And then you, you bring in this like stupid looking, like he looks like a, um, he looks like a technical sketch. You can see the lines of it. It's like, this is a really weird sort of yeah. like first rough, like rough first, rough freehand first draw or something. Yep. And then he's just like, this is dumb. Robbing a store. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I don't, it's just seen, but it's just a really cool choice. It's like it's clever. Like I said, Griner, it's really meta. It's like he's literally a plot hole, and it's just you can't stop that. <laughs> no matter what yeah. they do, it's like well, what? Are we, it's just really clever. And like that becomes the villain. 
it's kind yeah. of absurd, but it's the perfect choice for a movie that's so like so big and absurd as well. Yeah. We get we get a few live action moments in this movie. Um first one I want to talk about is appearing to the Asian lady in the the store spot appears to her. Now apparently that's a character from the Venom movies. I yeah. didn't know who she was. I knew nothing about her. That didn't hit for me at all. No, neither. A friend of I had to tell me that. That didn't hit for me. I haven't watched the Venom movies. No, so neither have I. That I, I kept like I was like, wait a minute, is like is Tom Holland gonna pop up or is like Andrew Garfield gonna pop up? like save this store or something yeah. like that for a second. And then yeah. when it didn't happen, I was like, okay, I don't get yeah. that reference. But. So yeah, the context obviously is that she sees Venom a lot. So she's like yes. used, to, used to weird stuff. Yes, yeah, that's okay. the that's the joke. But if you haven't seen Venom, there's not much there. No. Uh, we get we get Donald Glover as a captured prowler. So you suddenly like, but this is the big question. So I is, like this. So this is confirmed. Is this confirming he's Prowler and this is part of MCU canon? Because we don't see Tom Holland. We don't no, see we don't. any reference to Venom. He's, he's very conspicuous by his absence, actually, I think. But so what is what did you guys make of this? Is it just, just literally just I a thought nod? this was a fun play that because I don't see them going back to Prowler in the MCU. And I think I I just saw it as like a fun play of like, oh, you know, everyone was saying Yes. In that first one, he talked about having a nephew, blah, blah, blah. And it's like he he played that character, but I don't think they were ever mm. going to go back to him as Prowl. And it's like, you know, in this mm. alternate universe, he was that. Maybe they will, but like, as just a fun Easter egg of like, almost Doctor Strange having uh, Mister Fantastic be John Krasinski. Like, it's like, yeah, we don't know the, if he'll be that moving forward. But well, there was the there was that big campaign like in way back when of make make Donald Glover Miles Morales. Like that was a yeah. big big campaign when Community was on. People were trying yeah. to get him into the into the Spider Man role, but it never happened. I think it's just a play on that. Yep. I'd be surprised fun. if we I, see him I, again I, in the MCU. I was fine with that. Yeah, I enjoyed his moment though. Like I thought it was yeah. a good little cameo. Yeah. yeah. And then we get replays of both Andrew Garfield's Spider Man and um, Toby Maguire's as little just little vignettes, I guess, to show the the law, I suppose, is what they're looking at, isn't it? I didn't mind them. Yeah. But I I think at that point, it felt kind of forced of like, okay, now let's watch this scene from Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Instead of, I would have been fine with it just being in the background and like yeah. a bunch of 10 screens where we just have all these different versions of stuff we haven't seen before of Uncle Ben's dying or, you know, Captain Stacy's dying and one of them is the Andrew Garfield one. But just basically sitting there and watching that scene of Andrew Garfield crying, I felt a bit forced of being like, oh, look, yeah. now we're watching this. But I, I kind of wish they hadn't dabbled into the real life world just keep it animated mm. but i think yeah. i feel like like a one-off is good like if it was just Donald Glover there because that was the yeah. one that i kind of chuckled at. it's like that's yeah. a real life anomaly that's clever yeah yeah yep. having having three appearances is like, like if if there's one detraction from this movie or my one little nitpick is that it, where the first one there was no sense of like cuteness or all of its cleverness and all of its um its comedy and intelligence was really like authentic and natural. This one has a little bit more of like a knowing sort of wink, wink at parts. And these are those scenes where like, you can tell there's a bit of a, Hey, we know you guys like this. We know you're into the meta stuff. Now we know that no way home was such a huge hit. Let's yeah. insert both of them to make sure we like, you know, that we know that you know that we know Whereas the first one has none of that. And that, yeah, they, those little bits of them like, it, it, yeah. these things are fine, but. 
it has the tiny Easter eggs, but I don't like they even go back to the pointing Spider-Man meme in this one, which they did yes, in the first yeah. one as well. And I really liked it the first one in this one. I'm like, we have done this already. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but that's the thing touching on the MCU stuff. I, I had that felt like that feeling in a couple times in this where I was like, okay, this feels like, Oh look, it's multiverse. And it's doing that sort of MCU style thing of being like, we know you like this sort of thing. Mm. I liked like at the very start with, they just meant like Miguel just mentions like, Oh, that nerd and Doctor Strange. Like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. That's a cool reference. That's that's yeah. fine. I like that. Um, but then because, yeah. when it keeps going to that, they obviously really miss with the Venom one because people are just like, I don't know about Venom. Like the only real, real life thing we should have had was um, Donald Glover's Prowler and Morbius should have shown up. Oh, it's just at the same. We should have had a Jared Leto cameo. Yeah. Oh, it would have been so good. Just be that like, actually would have been pretty funny. Literally be like, it's Morbin time. Yes. In a cage. And yep. just be like, that's, there you go. That's the perfect. <laughs> would have been pretty yeah. good. Real that would have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's weird that Sony's like, considering how much they believed in that movie, they didn't put, They've they didn't put that in. Yeah. But they, yeah, they, they clearly think Venom's is it's a big, uh, is a big part. The thing, you know, the thing that really spoke to me. So there's a part in um in Spider-Man India where he's like, he says he loves chai tea, and he's like, chai tea. Do you know what you're saying? Chai means tea. And it's yeah. so good because I've literally had that conversation <laughs> with someone before. You're that guy, so, are you? Well, I knew. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. When I watched it, I was oh, like, no, I thought That's you were saying. Of... I thought you were the guy getting up people about it. Oh, oh no, no, I, no. I was the guy. Some guys like do like chai. I'm like, yeah, chai tea is good. He's like, naan means bread. It's not naan bread. See all these things. ATM like, machine, like yeah, that one. I, that know. one. Everybody. Knows I was that. like, I'm going to use that at work. The chai tea <laughs> one though, I was like, I was like, this. You know, I was pointing at the screen. I was like, that's me. This has yeah. happened. This movie is real. That world was really, really cool, and that Peter Parker was really cool. <laughs> Mumbatan or whatever he called it. Bad. Here's where we have the traffic, and band, over yeah. here is where we have the traffic, and here is where we have the traffic. What's yeah. this? That actor, um, Karan Sony, he's so good. Yeah, he's kind of got like a wee, like like weeny little Indian voice, but he's just he's really funny. He's really in the other movies. He's in like Deadpool, and he's in um something else. Oh, that I've he's seen. the taxi driver in Deadpool. Yeah, and he's pretty like sort of quiet and a bit more reserved. But in this, he's like really energetic, and he's yeah. just really good for it. Like he fits it really well. Again, the yeah. voice acting, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say besides. Did you guys, the, the reveal, the reveal of of Miles getting sent into the wrong universe, did you did that play for you guys? Did you see it coming a mile away? <laughs> miles, a miles away. That's good. <laughs> 42 miles away. So uh, my thing, oh, no, you go. No, you go, you go, you go. All right, you go. okay. So again, sort of, I don't know, halfway through, because it's a long build-up. It is mm, a long sort of build-up. And, you know, you, pretty early on, you feel like something's a bit off. And I was talking to someone about this, and I think what works really well is that the animations, again, are different in it. Both universes have a different styling. It's not yeah. a huge difference, but there is enough to almost subconsciously, I think, be aware of it. Where you're looking yeah. at one and you're like, this feels a bit off compared to that, or like, you know, even though you're never like, oh, that's clearly impressionistic 60s art versus this. It's like, no, they are two different styles. And I think that adds to sort of the the awareness that there's something off. And I don't know, about halfway through, I was like, oh, okay, there's going to be a mix up here. But I wasn't like from the beginning, like, yep, that's it. But it's, I think it was a good build up. I thought it was a really good sort of reveal. Hmm. Mm. You didn't like it, Gunnar? 
Oh, uh, so they show they show like the computer as it's wrapping me up. Oh, universe forty two. It's like, well, that's the spider that bit him, which wasn't from his universe. So he's quite clearly going to the wrong Grant place. Three steps ahead. I and it's like, okay, yeah. well, this whole build up is for something really obvious. But I mean, like, it was fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with where it went. I just, I guess, I feel like there's this big setup for nearly like twenty minutes. Yeah. For the sequel, it's not. It's not a climax of what we've got here. It's just setting up for this cliffhanger. It's saved though by the the conversation with his mum, like because it's all done. Like I was thinking about this straight after. I was like, it would be really bad if it was just like, where am I? And he's going through books, and he's like, this is my stuff, but I didn't write this diary. But instead, it's just like it's a conversation with his mum, and that's really poignant because he's tell he's coming out to her about Spider Man. True. Yeah. And so it's kind of like in the background around that is the sort of the mystery unfolding. And so I think if I think that really saves it from being sort of tired or being lame is that the whole time you're watching, you're like, yeah, he's this is a big deal for him. And then when it happens, it's like, I sort of when it hits and she's like, who's that? And it's kind of yeah. like, oh shit. And then all the pieces fall. And so even if you kind of recognize that, I guess I would, I would. To me, I'm like, it. It doesn't feel like a waste of time. It doesn't feel boring. Because no, and I did like him coming out to his mum. Like that was that was good. Yeah, yeah. the whole and time then, I'm like, this is for nothing because <laughs> this is not your mum. But anyway, and then that's the thing. Uh, I I like where it goes from there with introducing like the prowler Miles as well. Like that scene in 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 that room on the boxing bag, and just the other Miles demeanor. It feels really dark again. Where I'm like. Oh man, like this is messed up. Like this dude doesn't mess around. He's gonna, he wants to kill Miles. He's just like, I don't care who you are. Like you, you know, I'm I'm gonna take you out. And it feels really, I don't know. I feel sad for Miles. It's all alone in this universe until Gwen I, assembles the team. I do love the um, you know, it shows like New York's on fire everywhere. And yeah. it's like, oh yeah, this is what happened when Spider Man's not there, and yeah, you take that for you take it for granted. Shit yeah. place to live. The Avengers aren't doing <laughs> shit. Yes, yeah, so what's going on with the rest of them? It's a good point. Yeah, Only no. Spider Man was warped, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever everyone else. Yeah. All right, do we have New York. anything else we want to add to that one? Where... Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the Spider Man universe, all the different Spiders, and Scarlet Spider being yeah. all moody and being like <laughs> recalling his um, depressing memories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. didn't talk about the actual. What Nueva York? Mm. Like you know the where the the central planet where they all are. Because that so that part's super cool. All the little Spider-Man nods are really fun. Like as the therapist scene where it's like, <laughs> I looked up. <laughs> let me guess, he died. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty good. All of the stuff there's really. I and mean, uh, again, we get the reveal. Look, we need to talk about Mayday. Just the cutest little animated baby in the world. She's got the little the the spider beanie hole. Yeah. I love the and connection between her and Hobie as well. And he's like, she's an anarchist. I like her. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, shit, that's my daughter too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I love that everyone Hobie just like bails out halfway through. He's like, I'm out. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm done. I disagree with this. I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah. just gone. But then the, the train chase, speaking again about like oh, kinetic God. energy, holy crap. Like you mm. feel the, you feel the million miles an hour. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, Miguel's like, Exploring up the thing. Oh man, it is yep. like it is exciting. It is just like you know, it's like when you're in those movies that are shot really high. You feel like you're getting vertigo because it's like holy crap. What's like it's just too much. It's too much. And men, Miles outsmarted him. 
He did. He played hundred thousand Spider Man, and he played him like a damn fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the build up to that's pretty good too. It reminds me a bit of the Escape from Oscorp in the first one, where there's just there's just a bunch of little references, a bunch of little moments, a bunch of funny little things that you can catch, like all these. Like, you know, there's a dinosaur Spider-Man and there's yeah. just <laughs> so many random Spider-Man. It's it's fun. Spider-Cat. Yeah. Did any of the other, was there any, do you think the Spider-People were, the Spider-Team was as memorable in this one? Because you've obviously got, you've got Hobie, you've got, I don't know, like the pregnant Spider-Woman, you've got Gwen, Peter B, Miguel. Is there someone I'm missing? The Indian uh, Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man India, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did you, like, do you, well, compare the teams? I, like, there's lots of fun characters there, and there's some good moments, but I think we don't, we don't really, it never feels like we get that true team up like we do no. in number one. No. Which Even I like, think is what they're leading up to for number three, obviously, but. And we yeah. get Spider Man Noir back at the end. Yeah. And, yeah, like, uh, and Penny in her like a new improved mech suit. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. I like, um, obviously, Peter B. Parker has a lot more involvement in the first film in this one. He, he kind of felt a lot more subdued, I think. You know, we'll get him back around in the third one. Um, mm. But I, I did like that he was very much like a new parent, just like wanting to show off. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've heard this and I've said this a thousand times, all this stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, he is such a great character. Like, like that quote that I had as the father of a daughter and the son of a mother. It's just like, oh, it's just, you know, he means well, but he's just missing the he's just missing the point. I, I really like the scene with him and Miles, where he's like, "I had a kid because of you." Mm. It's like mm. you know, yeah, meeting you and hanging out with you. Like, I was like, oh man, like I should give this another chance. And like, kids aren't just all. So I was like, you know, it was. I was, really I was so happy for him too. Like this fictional character, I was like so pleased for him. Like he, he got MJ yeah. back. He's got a family now. Like he's got his yeah. shit together. Yeah, yeah I'm happy for yeah. him. You're nice. Where do you think this goes in number three? Do we get more Miguel? Is is he done now, or is he? Oh no, he's the villain. You think he's the villain, and it's not sport? Oh. So it will be a villain, but Miguel will turn around and be a hero, but he's going to be the antagonist for a fair bit of the yeah. film. So none of them know where Miles is, though, right? So well, only no. they, but they watch, they're watching Gwen go into that portal at the end, like from the woman from the motorbike. She's like looking at the roof with Gwen on there going away, I felt like. Yeah, but they don't, I don't think they know that she's going to. Well, she, she doesn't even know that he's in Yeah, she, too, she doesn't right? know where he is. No, like none of them know that. Yeah, none of them know that universe specifically. They just know that he's not in his world. Yeah, so do, true. Do, do you think they just like skip? I feel like they can't just skip over that, right? I feel like that's pretty pivotal. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I feel like Spot's going to be. Spot is the big villain. I feel like there's going to be like a, like a, you know, an interdimensional. They're going to be chasing him. He's going to be, you know, fighting Shadow. Shadow. Miles and Spot's going to come in and like tear universes apart or something. Miguel's definitely got to play a big part though. He's yes. Like, Does Shadow Miles come around? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Like he can't. Or, like he... or Spider Man Miles gets Prowler's powers as well. <laughs> I think what happens is <laughs> Prowler and Miles kill Miles Morales. And he kills all the rest of the Spider-Man. And it just ends at a really depressing note. Of <laughs> Here's the thing. So touching on that, it might be too dark for these films. 
But did anybody else get like the wordplay or the vibe when Gwen Stacy saying in every other universe, Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man? Because straight away, as soon as I heard that, I picked, like thought about Gwen Stacy falling and oh. Amazing Spider-Man. You think she, like, she might die? Is that like a weird play? I don't, or maybe like there's a possibility of it, and he saves her or something like that. But I felt like I don't know the way it was worded. I just had this thought where I was just like, "Oh man, are they alluding to Gwen Stacy falling in the?" I don't. I don't think they would. I don't think they'd be too scared to do it. But I think it would be the wrong. That's choice. a classic Gwen Stacy like comic mm. book moment. So. It is, but that's kind of the problem. I think I don't think they would lean into that because they've spent two films building up that. His father, like his his family, is his big emotional point. Yeah. And even though even though Gwen is now made sort of like his, you know, she's his love interest, and she's as much of a character as he is now. Mm. I think it'd be a weird betrayal to like kill her off for him. And I hope her, they don't. Yeah, because I, I feel like yeah. that would almost be a bit of like all the work they've done and be like, ah, oh, she's actually just his canon moment. Especially yeah. considering they've been like literally talk about people's canon moments because that's what she would become, right? She'd be relegated to yeah. To a moment in a tra- moment of tragedy in his backstory, whereas yeah. I feel like they're really big on having her as her own character. So I think it'd be a bad choice to do that. I think yeah. his his dad's got to die. As sad as that no, is, well, I think I think the whole point is that the the canon moment is yeah, is BS, that's the right? whole thing is him avoiding that. Maybe they kill like, the mum. So yeah, because well, he has already had a canon moment, has he? With with, with his uncle. That's the and, thing where they show Spider-Man that. And Spider-Man dying too, kind of, right? Like, Yeah. I think the whole point is he's supposed to break that mold. He's supposed to break out of that cycle. Mm. And I, but I don't know where they go. I don't. I, I suspect Miguel, Miguel dies. Like maybe he turns around and sacrifices himself for the good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. They don't do anything to Peter B. Parker or Mayday or I will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be a right after that. Oh, no. dude! Oh, yeah, they take out Peter B. Parker. Oh man! Oh, that would be because no, you're right. He's already had a Spider-Man die, though. Yeah, this but is, not, I mean, he's Spider-Man. This is what this is not weird, but I guess this is where it gets a bit almost confusing. Of because he does have a his canon moment in the first one when his uncle dies, mm. but this whole move, the second movie is all like your canon moment's coming. Is that it's your father? Yeah. So I'm like. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, how? I guess you can have two, but why? Why? But but is that is that the thing? Like, that's not the case anymore because his uncle died because he was Spider Man. Like that changed that thing, and maybe that was his yeah. canon moment. But, but that was kind of the whole. Yeah, that wasn't the whole point. Right? It was like that he's he was Spider Man first, but he still had that moment of an of someone needing to die. Yeah. Like he couldn't he couldn't avoid that, even though he became Spider Man without having first that tragedy. So. Yeah. Don't know. I'm keen though. I'm very, very excited. I'm I'm glad yeah. that it's only in March. Yeah, I'm glad we don't wait till I'll just wait um, until COVID 3.0 comes around. Uh, <laughs> Delay it again. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. I'm I'm very keen to to watch it. And I'm I'm keen to go watch the, the second one again to Yeah, I, I what where do you think this puts like Spider-Man in terms of Sony and the MCU? Do you like do you think this becomes franchise to all hell? Do you think there is like Gwen Stacy TV series, do you think there is spin-offs of spin-offs of this well, animated don't one? Do TV series like that, do they? Well, but they might, right? Like, I wouldn't put a because Sony's Spider-Man, out there for the money, right? Like, Spider and Spider-Man is their prof- their only profitable thing, as we've seen yeah. from all their other like, as we've seen from Morbius. Yes, <laughs> the only thing that works is Spider-Man. 
<laughs> and you know they they don't have it like they are kind of in a bit of a because they're they're not like you know they're not like Disney they're not like a massive tech company or anything they are just entertainment mm-hmm. and so I I worry about a future where they're like we need to just keep making this because that's our only thing. Yeah, I think they do keep making it, I, and I but I think they lose who is it Lord and. Lord Miller. And Miller. Yeah, like I think. Damn shame. Oh, I, I know, but they need to move on, and and I'm sure they're looking at. They other do projects. a lot of other stuff too. They did like Mitchells and Machines, and yeah. they do a lot of other stuff, which it's another great movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could see a Gwen Stacy movie coming out of this. I made me want a Gwen Stacy game from like Insomniac. I was yeah, like, oh, that'd be cool. I'm sure maybe we could get that. Character. Did you notice that uh, his roommate was playing Spider-Man Two on the PS Five? That's not released yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of fun little Easter eggs in all their little and the in their the game Spider-Man was there in the the universe as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, which was class. <laughs> my my son was very happy at that. <laughs> really excited about that. Do you reckon? What well, do you reckon the MCU takes any lessons from this? I mean, I don't really know what it would be. But they, so- it's so hard. Do you feel like they went the whole multiverse thing with Spider-Man based off into the Spider-Verse's success? Like went as hard into it as they went? Because obviously no, that's like, I don't think when, so. When was No Way Home? That was 2021. Three years after Into the Spider-Verse. I think that was a direct response to this. Um, so, but I don't think that was, I don't, yeah, I feel like the multiverse stuff. Because when was Loki... Like it was last year. That was like, no, like, no, that's like 2018 well. is Avengers, yeah. like Endgame. So like when you think of it but back then, there wasn't much multiverse stuff at all. And now everything's multiverse. Yeah, everything's yeah. multiverse. Yeah, I don't think they I, – I feel like they would have already had a plan for that eventually. Like, yeah, I feel like there's there's things, like, things like Secret Invasion and all that are a pretty big comic book arc, so I think they would have already had those some of that stuff in mind. But – um. I think No Way Home especially was like, I think that movie would have been like rewritten after this came out and they were like, that's what we need. That's what I'm meaning. I think the Spider-Man angle on it where they're like, let's get Toby, let's do this. Let's like make the real Spider-Man multiverse. Yeah, I think that I think that movie's 100% was like based on the success of Into the Spider-Verse. Mm, yeah. Good um, I just, you know, it's always, a, we've harped on about it ad nauseum, but this is how you sort of make these movies. This is how you make a multiverse superhero film. Yeah. And I'm just like, I want Marvel to, to, I want all superhero films to kind of take lessons from this. But I, wa- I, just, yeah, I don't know what they do. if they It's will. so funny to think that like, I am just, I cannot think of anything Marvel in the next two years that I'm excited about, but Sony's Spider-Man and like <laughs> this Spider-Verse, I'm so pumped for next March. So yep. yeah. Yeah. It's turned around. Where do we rank them? For me, it's one, two. One, two. One, two. But I, I did really enjoy the second one, but there, there's, yeah, it's the middle chapter. It's a great follow-up, but, yeah, it does. It definitely feels like the middle chapter and not in not in an Empire Strikes Back good way. It still has a lot of Empire Strikes Back, though. Like it has a lot of that energy of dark emotional mm. stakes and, you know, Everyone's in a bad place, and it's like you can tell there's going to be the big revolution next. The first, yeah, yeah into the, into the spider feels like a more complete film. Like it's got that really nice, it's got a really nice, satisfying conclusion. But also, like that movie was such a sort of a, a revelation, like a breath yeah. of fresh air. Yep. Mm. And so that's not a criticism of, across, but it is like that. It wasn't as mind blowing as seeing like yeah, we've seen into. Whereas seeing into for the first time was like, you know, yeah, it's like I didn't know we could do this with films. Yeah. Um, 
The animation of the Cross of Spider Verse is better. Like, oh I yeah, think. The animation it's, blew yeah. me away in Across the Spider Verse. I was like, holy crap, this is so good. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's one, one of those cases. Like, technically, it's probably a superior film with all the the mechanics, but Into the Spider Verse is a better movie. What up? Great. All right, well, thank you for joining us for the good, the bad, and the worst. Next fortnight. I'm going to sing a little theme tune for you guys and just tell me if you know it. Do a Jurassic Park, boys. I love, oh, I love, Indiana I love. I didn't know what that was. One of the Jurassic Park films. The other ones aren't as good, but it'll be fun, I think. Kanye, you don't like Jurassic Park, do you? I've never seen any Jurassic Park movies. None. None of them. Out of the six that exist, I've seen zero. Well, we're I'm, only doing Jurassic Park, not Jurassic World. We're not doing the the, the follow up trilogy, but I've seen the first Jurassic Park. I haven't seen the following two, and then I've watched the first two Jurassic Worlds. Have we yeah. talked about Jurassic? Have we talked about Spielberg? I feel like you guys know my Spielberg feelings, right? True. Well, no, you don't like Spielberg. Not the biggest. Don't, fan. don't go on a spiel about Spielberg. Jurassic hey. Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park is like my childhood, though. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. It's it's like on the top five of my list of shame that I should have seen by now. So well, you're going to. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. giving me this opportunity. Glad to cross that one off for you. Yeah. Uh, this podcast was brought to uh, brought to you by A Taste of Iron by one Conan Clark. The Taste of Iron. It's a great book. Get it on Amazon. Contact Iron. us for a hard copy if you want one. Uh, please get on, rate us on iTunes, rate us on Spotify. Uh, tell your mum and dad about us. Tell your friends. Give us a listen. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time.